Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today, I am so honored to be able to introduce you to Sean Fur. Doni, guys, she's the author of Canoodling Up North, Canoodling Out West. Oh, show them off. Oh, let's do ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Look at that, y'all. And she's working on her third book. So we get to hear about the past, the present, and future of Sean's work. She attended UW Whitewater for her degree in secondary education and is currently attending MSOE to complete her master's in business administration. Her best days are spent with her husband, two children, and two dogs just hanging out. She loves living in Wisconsin, especially in fall when you can find her in a pumpkin patch or on an apple orchard collecting tart baking apples for her famous crumble crust apple pie. Hmm. Insider now, you're on the show. You can send us some recipes. Uh, so, Sean, it's so nice to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for the invitation, Jen. I'm really excited about this. So, okay, two books already out, working on your third. Where are you, like, in the process of that yeah. book? So, um, the third book wasn't even in my... Uh, in, in my scope of thought. And then my focus group said, well, we need to find out what happens to the best friend orally. What happens to her? I was like, well, that's a really good question. <laughs> Let's figure that out. <laughs> and so um, I, I was uh, writing it and I got into the fifth chapter over Labor Day weekend. And then my computer crashed mm. and I lost the last, uh, the last chapter and a half. So I figured God was just sending me a message that it wasn't written well and I needed to start all over. <laughs> there you go. That's a good positive outlook. So I, I'm in the fifth chapter as we speak. <laughs> Wonderful. So, okay, guys, behind you know that's not her decorations at her in her dining room. <laughs> Sean, tell everybody where you are right now because I absolutely love where you are. Yeah, I'm at the McGuanago Community Library in the in the in the village of McGuanago. Guanago, which has been my hometown for 21, almost 22 years now. So she's sitting at a public library. Absolutely love library systems. And so, Sean, you got to tell the story because, guys, we were talking before I even hit like record and I was hearing all the inside work. Sean, you got to tell everybody about when did that inspiration really click for you? Absolutely. So uh, in the summer of 2017, um, a local uh, author came and she was doing a, a Q&A for her book at the time, The Simplicity of Cider, and her name is Amy Reichert. I highly recommend her books. Um, and during that Q&A, I just told her, I said, I love to write, but I can't seem to finish anything. And so she uh, and and so she and I talked for a few minutes and she gave me some um, great ideas to break that uh, barrier down. And uh, so it took me 15 months to write these two books consecutively. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a quick turnaround. Look at you. <laughs> and then how long had you wanted to be an author before those 15 months? I think as soon as I learned how to write my ABC. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I was always writing and I loved having, I don't know, um, your age and my age are a little different. I feel like I'm a little bit older than you, but mm -hmm. I, I loved having those little uh, like pink diaries with the little gold locks on there and always writing stuff down. So I'm 46. Was... I, I will let you know I'm 46. <laughs> I can claim it. But I remember those diaries. 
I yeah. realized back in the day. Yeah. So I've always been writing. I've got a very strong creative mind. Um, you know, I even in my dreams, I dream in color and sometimes even sense. I can smell things in my dreams. And it's just, it, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. So it's, it's a really great way to get, for me, there's also the mental health journey for me mm -hmm. is, is through my journaling and my writing as well. So when you wanted to be an author growing up, you didn't see that as a potential career. You just loved to write. So what basically happened is when I was fairly young, I had a lot of positive um, support from my parents to be whatever I wanted to be. And believe me, I, I thought I could be an entertainer. My brother and I used to have a Donnie and Marie uh, opening act. You know, I'm a little bit country. He was a little bit rock and roll. And we did that at all the family gatherings. Oh, love it. You know, I had um, short stories that I wrote for school and I wrote for the uh, paper and the yearbooks and things. But I also thought I could be an excellent teacher. So I, I thought I could do all three of those things at once, right? Um, and then in 1981, August 5th, um, my dad had been a, um, uh, an air traffic control, uh, air traffic controller, and um, they had gone out on strike. Um, and uh, the president at the time, President Reagan, um, fired everybody. And it completely shattered my life, everything I had a beautiful house in the country. We had dog, we went on vacations and we lost everything. We had absolutely nothing. Um, and then my parents' uh, uh, relationship dissolved. We had to sell the dog, the cars, the whole shebang. And we were absolutely destitute uh, living with relatives until my mom could get a job. And so I, I, had, to, had, I had to pivot and that creativity had to get on the back burner. I was, we were all in survival mode, you know, my babysitting money helped mom pay some bills and, you know, and, and so we just, I had to put that in the back pocket and just find a way through. So I thought the, the safest bet for me was to become uh, a teacher. And so when I graduated high school in 1986, uh, I had it in my head, I was going to be a high school history teacher because I, I'm a great storyteller. I knew that. And I thought I could keep everybody entertained with the cool stories. Um, but I was also, I loved English and I loved writing, but I thought, you know, I will just make sure that I do really great on my papers for school. And then um, when I got into my junior year at college, and I don't know if you remember this, but there was actually a surplus of teachers nationally. Mm, it's you not like that now. <laughs> no, but you couldn't get a job for anything. I had a friend of mine who was a 4.0 student and she could only get, she and I could only get substitute teaching jobs. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was completely packed nationally. I was traveling in different uh, states too, to try to find a job and couldn't find anything. Oh, wow. So I just, again, had to go into um, survival mode. And that's kind of how I got into what my current career is, which is a professional uh, fundraiser and grant writer for healthcare. 
And there you go, writing again. It's just yep. in a different <laughs> format. But what is the purpose of that project? And what is the goals and the projected outcomes? But it's you still it. it's still writing the same, you know, using the gifts that you have been given in a way to serve other people. And it's storytelling, but you're yeah. exactly right. It's in a different way. And and I tell you, there's so I write I write for a variety of different programs, but one that really touches my heart is um, the Hispanic Health Resource Center uh, with my with my current uh, uh, employer. They provide um, translation and and just even just basic information about how to how to figure out the bus system so they can you know be places. And the Hispanic seniors oftentimes don't speak English, and uh, they are often isolated. And so one of the things that they had asked for was, could they have a community garden? And so I found a place and raised the money so that they can have a garden. And um, it it doesn't take a lot of money to run it. It's about $5,000 a year. Um, but they write me cards and give me Christmas, little Christmas coasters and things that they've made. And, and they think of me as an angel. And you can't. It's like when your kid smiles at you the first time, there, there is no money that anybody could give me that would give me that kind of joy. It's so. gifts that keep on giving. It's gift yes. of service and it's a gift from heart. And that's what author world is like too. Exactly. I mean, can you remember the first time you wrote a word and, and somebody other than your family got to read it and gave you positive feedback? Oh, yeah. And it was that validation that, oh, wow, this actually is something that matters to me, but could matter to someone else. Exactly. Yep. And that's what happened to me. So I'm, I'm kind of lost in uh, what year this was, but it was definitely a year and a half, two years ago. Um, we were at, we were having, I was having lunch with my work buddies and, um, at work, we were having some real challenges. And so we were using lunchtime as kind of like a team building. And I just, I blurted out because it seemed like we needed something positive to talk about that I was writing a book. <sighs> Scared myself senseless saying Oh, because you said it out loud. Which I said it you out have loud. to do it, right? I, exactly. To, you have to go through with what you just said to, to people to go right. hold you accountable. And all of us were really passionate about watching This Is Us. And so I set up a focus group for them to come over to my house on a Tuesday night and, and, I was thinking that they were going to come back with things like, you know, punctuation and grammar and things like that and word use. And instead they were already engaged in the, in the storyline and seeing themselves in different characters and talking about what should be happening next and things. And it just, it blew me away. And I'm like, maybe I've got something here. And so um, I finished the book in se uh, in September of 18, I think. Um, and I just, I kind of let it sit and simmer Ooh. and just kind of, because again, I work full time. Um, at that time, I was also going to school and I was the president of the McGuanago Education Foundation. So I had a few things on my plate. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. But I didn't know if it was worth publishing. You know, the people I had about 20 women uh, from different backgrounds um, and that that were in my focus group. And they all said, yes, I think it's worth publishing. 
but I had no idea. So I had to do some research. I had mm -hmm. to do a lot of soul searching and then I left it up to powers that be. And, you know, I found a, an independent publisher and, uh, and I think you've, you've met her, Carrie. Yes. Yes. And so her publishing house, the unapologetic voice looks for strong female characters and, and writers, um, that want to amplify the female voice and certainly Kat Carnery, who's my main character in these two books. Um, she, she is of that kind of caliber and, and I, I strive to be that kind of a person too. <laughs> it's wonderful that you have found a perfect match. Yeah. And, and I, I recently listened to your podcast with uh, Ed Davis. And yes. There was a lot of conversation around that. And I feel like um, I've still got a lot to learn. Don't we all though? <laughs> like seriously. Don't How long all. have you been writing though? I was Well, writing or actually publishing. Cause okay, you know, writing is that one. It's like you and I, Good we point. can go back way back. <laughs> um, but yeah, since 2018, when I had my first contract, so I signed my first okay. contract in 2018 and I moved forward with traditional publishing too. And that's when I started researching and learning and I'm still researching and I'm still learning. I'm still building my author community and mm -hmm. still, you know, reaching out to friends even today, asking questions to my author friends. Hey, what did you do? Let me find out what you did. Like, oh, I haven't done that yet, but let me go look. And so let me ask somebody. Else. I mean, it's like a daily, it's honestly, it's a daily journey. It's not like this yes. whole final destination thing. This is like something that we do with a passion put to good use. And it's just a constant, let's learn what's happening and, and how things evolve and change and grow. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, in, in the, in the movie, um, Finding Nemo, I feel like I'm Dory most of the time. I just, just keep swimming. <laughs> but you know, Hey, you've got that positive mindset. You have yeah. it, you know, you have that positive mindset. You're looking for, you know, you understand there's growth for all of us. You understand that your work does matter. You've got two out there. Yeah. So once you hit book one, you already had book one and two written though. Yes. So talk about what had you go that full route instead of waiting, because I've met authors that say, well, I'm writing book two. I've always had book one, but never took the plunge for the second. What had you write one and two all at all at that same time before going out to pitch? Well, the reality is I put it all together as one story. It was over 420 some pages. Uh, okay. And when um, I, and I did do some pitching, I picked about, 200 agents that I thought I could and I and I pitched to only about 10% of them and nothing happened and so I just like you know what I'm putting it down and then there was some serendipity uh, that happened to get me connected to to Carrie and um, so I gave her the whole manuscript and and she said yeah she'd love to to publish it but then she was honest with me and she said you know um you're not going to make a single dime if we put this as one book at 420 some pages. She's like, is there a way that we can split it into two? And so I thought about, it, I'm like, well, there was a very specific um, scene that happens in, in book one at the end. And, and I was like, okay, if we, if we end it there, then I think the second book can be, you know, something else. So I did have to add like a prelude to the first, to the, to the second book to canoodling out West, just in case, you know, um, 
people didn't read the first book or they just needed a little refresher. So, um, so I did a little bit editing there, but it, it concludes their story. And um, I, I feel like the canoodling up North, the first book was kind of like my, um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, like my honeymoon phase, just like the honeymoon phase of the, of, of the characters. But then uh, canoodling out West, I, I found myself writing in a different way. It was much mm. deeper, much more thoughtful. Um, and, and it tugged at my heartstrings and I, I went through more clinics than, than I usually do. <laughs> and do you think that's because you've just lived with your characters for so long or that you were just actually seeing them grow in their character arc and just develop over time? I think it was both. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, cause my my writing prior to this was was nonfiction. One of the things that um, kind of spurred me to get back to that creative juice again was uh, when we moved here to McGuanago in 2000. We had this um, absolutely hysterical Christmas Day meal, and it, the whole Christmas Day was was a fiasco. I, I can't tell. We had turkey juices up in the ceiling. Oh, wow. And, you know, like we had twenty gallons of frozen peanut oil in you know in in the garage, and it was just a hoot. And I couldn't tell the story without laughing and crying, so I wrote it down, and then it just it kind of became viral, and people were dropping their hot coffee in their laps. They were laughing so hard at the story, and so I realized I was like, you know. I'm like everybody else. If somebody is sending me a Christmas letter that's, you know, oh, you know, Mitzi and Poopsie are all, you know, they're valedictorians and, and, you know, John and Bobby are over here and they just made their first million. You know, people don't read those stories because it's just, it's too perfect. So I go for the anti-perfect and people ask to be on <laughs> my Christmas list because I'm talking about the toilet paper in my shoe for a half a day and, and stuff like that. Um, and so that kind of got my juices flowing on that. And but I didn't know how to do fiction. And I and I want I kept going back to this anthology idea, huh? but I could never finish it. And so that's when um, Amy Reichert, the author, she said to me, her first thing was, well, have you ever thought about writing fiction? And I said, I don't know. I've never, I've never written it. And she said, all you have to do is take all these great family stories and you get to choose the ending. Uh -huh. And you get to pick the characteristic out of, you know, yourself and your husband and your godmother and whatever, and, and turn it into a single person. And you get to choose what happens to them. Freedom and liberty and joy. Yeah. And it was just like, holy cow. So, Did you say like, wait, is it that easy? Is that the missing recipe? But I think, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm babbling, but to your question, no, before, no. is it just because you didn't know the you were learning about your characters or that's how the arc was? There, I can tell you with each of these characters, there's a piece of me in every single one of them. Uh, yeah. And then, but in, in, in canoodling up north, it's primarily me, about, probably about 75% of Kat is me. And then there's a good solid 10% that's her. 
she just came alive, which I'm sure you've got stories like that where all of a sudden you think the story's going this way and all of a sudden your character is going, no, we're going this way instead. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the second book, um, I'm, I'm about, Damon is about 75% me because of my mental health journey and his are very similar. They're parallel. But um, talking about the cool, going back to, you know, how your, your characters come alive. There was a secondary character I built in the first book. And so Damon's best friend is Pete Rossi and Pete is married to Angie and Angie is pregnant in the first book. And then she has the baby at the end of this, in the beginning of the second book. And when Damon gets into his, his pinnacle of his mental health um, crisis, I had to figure out a character that could help him through that. And as I went through my Rolodex of who need, who would be the right person, the only person that made sense was Angie. So then I had to figure out who was Angie because she really didn't have a personality or, you know, she didn't have that, that full body that I had built with the other characters. And so there are just, there's at least one specific scene that, of course, I was crying. It just, it turned out so beautiful. And, and she just has this wonderful monologue with him. Um, just basically, she, she takes the, uh, she takes the, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Wisconsin, but especially in Erin, Wisconsin, um, Irish immigrants chose Erin, Wisconsin to build their church their Catholic church there at the top of this, of this hill and Wisconsin's not known for mountains, but it's, it's as close to a mountain as we're going to get. <laughs> so his, where he lives is at the base of this uh, holy hill. And so, and it's, and it's in fall. And so her um, dialogue with him, her monologue is basically talking about how, each tree needs another tree to help take care of it. It can't be a tree on its own. It needs the leaves coming to help support the roots. And, you know, and, and it just, I'm not saying it well here, but I say it a heck of a lot better in the book. But when I <laughs> You was, mean Angie says it a lot better in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Angie. And I was just like, gosh, darn it, Angie. Good for you. That yeah. was really cool. Thank you for coming alive for me because I didn't know who you were before. But she knew and it wasn't her turn to show yeah. up and shine. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. So I, it was just that's what kind of gives me the the passion to continue. You know, there's two pieces to it for me. It's how the story begins to tell itself. And it has its own life. It's it's a living and bring, breathing thing for me. And then also when I get to share it with people and that it causes an emotion, you know, that they have an emotional attachment to it. So it's it's very, very powerful. So talk about that part. Let's talk about it. So we've talked about the writing, the craft, and how you've gotten them here. And now they're out in the world. What has been the, you know, some of those great joyful moments for you, like first events, first time seeing the book, like what are some things that really stand out to you that just brought you so much joy? 
So the first thing, and I'm sure it happened with you too, is again, going back to my imagery, I have very specific ideas of what the book is supposed to look like. And um, when the first one came, I wanted it to look like the gloaming, you know, at the end of the day, like the sun is setting. And so when I got this, I was just like, that's exactly it. That is so perfect. Um, and I just, I wanted it simple and just kind of that peaceful piece. And then, um, then when it got out into the world, one of the cool things that happened at this woman that I'd never met before, and it turns out that we were kind of uh, missing each other in, in the world. We Once we found each other, we've got so many connections, it's, it's crazy. And she bought my book at, at, at one of the pieces and she read it in like less than a, less than a week. And she's like now my biggest fan. <sighs> And she, she was just like, you've made these characters come alive and, and I feel them and I, and they're breathing for me. And it's just, it's so powerful. And then in the second book, there's a lot more, um, like I said before, a lot more emotion to it. It's a, it's a deeper dive because any relationship you have to have that deep dive. You have to hit the hard stuff to figure out whether or not you can really make that relationship work. And um, so she came back after that. She goes, I'm just exhausted. A good exhausted. Right? Right. Right. I just love it. You know, the whole description of all of that, because that's what we write for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, I spoiler alert, I write for me, you know. I, I want to, I want to be, I want to feel positive about these books. I want it to have a positive ending at the end. It may not be the one that the reader wants right away, but it makes sense to me. And I, there's just too much sadness in the world that I, I can't write something that's going to end up sad. It's just hey, I will let you know, there is a place for those happily ever afters and there is a market for that. And that we, we want that in a book. Now I have, I have been very upset reading a book and you're like, wait, what, why does it always have yes. to end it? So trust me, I, I feel <laughs> you on that, Sean. Like we need a little bit more of that goodness in the world. Yeah. Like the summer of my German soldier. I read that when I was in, in middle school and it was a Newbery award winning book. I was depressed for two weeks at the end of that book. I'm like, okay, that's not cool. <laughs> oh, so talk about books that maybe have inspired you as an author. That's a good like thought oh. about. Have do you have some that you just absolutely want to hug right now? Uh, you're killing me. Um, I didn't prepare for that, but that's, that's a, a hard really good question. Yeah, it's a hard question though because how can you pick just one? You know, it's hard. But I do go back to the same authors and I do reread. Now, not everybody <laughs> rereads. But if I get something, it's just, I don't know. I know you've written some some young adult stuff, but um, Colleen Hook and her Tiger Curse series. I'm you, getting my pencil. Hold you on. Gotta get a copy of that, man. It is incredibly cool. Um, it's, 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 it's the Tiger, the Tiger, Tiger Curse. All right. I've written it. It was here. four books, and by the end of the fourth book, I was like, it ended exactly the way I wanted it to end. And then she came up with a fifth book. And I'm like, she's evil. She's the devil. <laughs> I am so angry. And <laughs> you know what happened? 
You she, bought it. You got it. You, I you got it. <laughs> and she flipped the whole story on its end. It's like in a fourth dimension. <laughs> it's it was just it blew my 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 mind. And I was like, oh my God, how can you write like that? It's just she she's amazing. I, I'm looking her up. I'm looking her up. To, you got to. Um, but yeah, what and then also like um Oh gosh, Nora Roberts, the way how she always does trilogies. How many? That's kind of, so that's what the canoodling uh, series is going to be like too. It's like, so now in the third book, which is my higgledy piggledy life, um, it's Orly's chance to be, you know, the protagonist. And then Kat and Damon are going to be in the, in the foreground, you know, in the background um, so that she can, she can shine. So I kind of like that idea too that Nora Roberts puts in, um, but again, you know, her books they almost always have at least a happy ending. I may not always like, you know, it's not exactly perfect, but I, I can handle those. It's full circle. I call those full circle yes, books for me. It that's takes me what full I want. circle. That's yeah, yeah, full circle stories. I want closure. I yes, I don't have closure. I am just. You don't want to be around me. <laughs> or just let me know the next one's coming. Yes. That's what happened with you, Sean, though. Because your focus group was like, okay, this can't be the end. There's no. got to be more. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's wonderful because I didn't realize that I had more in me. I thought this might be it. And then, boom, it hit and it was fabulous. So now that you've learned that, you've got miles to go. Thank you. You've got stories to go. And just embrace it because I love how you say like how much joy it brings you just to see where stories take you. So it looks like you don't wrestle with that kind of control over your story. You give your story that freedom to breathe. So what I, I it makes me, I'm usually a very organized person. I'm totally, where I go Christmas shopping is the office supply store. Okay. That's just the kind of person <laughs> I am. You know, my, my pen color needs to match my post-it note color, the whole shebang. Um, but when it comes to the story, I I have an overarch of where I where it starts, where it ends. And then for each chapter, I have a starting point and where I want it to end. But I let it ebb and flow within that, within that chapter. Love that process. I yeah. love it. And I love that you've learned that all on your own and just figured it out what works for you and just by writing, like write it. Exactly. So if you had to leave us with some words of wisdom for authors out there who are chasing after these dreams or have a story, but they're not sure about telling it yet, what would you say to them? For me, don't, don't wait for perfection because you're never going to finish it. Just keep writing. Do the Dory thing. Just keep writing. Just keep writing. Just keep writing. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. And that's the first thing that the focus group told me. They're like, we just want you to finish it. We don't want you to perfect it. We'll tell you if there's something that needs to be perfected. Just finish it. And and that's how the story was able to ebb and flow and, and have a life of its own. Because I didn't worry about that. That punctuation was going to be wrong or that you know, I spelled a word wrong or whatever. I just let it go and, and, and gave myself the, the okay, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay that it's not perfect. 
but it's, this, it's finished. And the story lives on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Ah. And Sean, I just want to thank you for being here, taking your time out, like putting me in a public library right now, just <laughs> hugging me through the screen. Um, I just want to say thank you for just spending time with me today and oh, sharing good. your journey. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. And I, yes. and I hope that you have a blessed holiday season with your you family. Too. And, and best wishes for you and your publishing and writing journey as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So where can people connect with you? You've got an awesome website. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the tell them where we can is, find you. So so the website is my name. It's seanverdoni.com. And I'm also on all social media, primarily Instagram and Facebook. So please feel free to look me up. And you can buy the books online. Amazon is probably the easiest place, but I've also seen that I'm on Target and, and uh, Barnes and Nobles. So oh, there we are. <laughs> there, so, there, there you go. All right, guys, look what I'm doing. Oh, look, I just followed you on Instagram and I will really? find you everywhere else. Thank you so, so much, Ben. So uh, just so nice to meet you. Let's stay in touch. I'd love Stay in that. touch. And guys, thank you for joining us on Jen Lowry Writes. Go out and check Sean's workout. Follow her on social media. Contact her. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Thank you Bye so guys. much for the invite. Have a great rest of your day, Jen. Bye, guys.